0: We just try to keep positive, like we started hiring more people now and especially those international students, like we're just happy to be able to hire them back, like even though if it's a small shift, because they're basically stranded here if they have to go to uni and then we just need to help them out.
1: It is certainly exciting days in Melbourne. Uh, I was out last night, Wednesday night, for the first time in a long time. Today, after I chat to Dion Sanusi from Yoi restaurant, I am going to get on a train for the first time since March. I'm actually going into the city. I'm so excited. I hardly know myself. I have to rebuild a relationship with my clothes, with my social being. It's, um, yeah, it's it's exciting, a little bit daunting, but it certainly feels positive. Um, Dion, uh, I, Dion and Michael, his brother, and their mum reopened Joy yesterday. Uh, congratulations, Dion! How does it feel?
0: Hi, um, good. Thanks. Like it was like, very exciting. Thank you for having me uh, with you today. Uh, uh, thanks for coming. Yeah. It was very. Mm-hmm. We we're just happy to like reopen after like eight. Was it eight weeks? Ten? How many days? So long. That um Yeah, who knows? Yeah. We don't understand time in the city
1: <laughs>
0: Exactly. Like, especially the city when it's just during lockdown, it was like so quiet and everything. It just yesterday was just filled with people, happy faces, people with dogs, with families, just eating together. It was just it just makes us ha- very happy.
1: Wow. It is really quite momentous. I mean, did you feel mm-hmm. um like, I mean, what do you do in your restaurant? Are you in the kitchen? Are you front of house? Tell, tell me, tell me a little bit about the setup.
0: So basically, um, like I help manage the kitchen, basically like a manager. Well, I help like create dishes, look after the staff, look after the kitchen staff, basically overviews every, uh, every component of the restaurant. Um, but yeah, so I could, like. I usually talk like during service I talk to customers say how how they're doing like like if they got any comments about the food or like uh, just anything in general if they're just alone I'll just sit with them and just like be like oh like uh, just talk about anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, so what did it feel like yesterday to have customers back in the restaurant for the first time? I mean did you feel rusty? Were you over excited? What were you, what was uh, it like?
0: We were like I was very stressed out because we were just like so used to the calm nature of like it wasn't good it's just like it was very quiet since the lockdown but then suddenly it's just like a lot of people and then we had dine-ins and then we had takeaways we had deliveries so everything just came at once and then we were just um hammered with orders so that's a good part but it was just very stressful in the kitchen especially when our staff had to like retrain retrain our um, teach them about social distancing, making sure everyone's safe, every everyone's, um, like, well socially distanced, and then just making sure everyone's, like, in a safe environment. So that was a bit tough, but, like... At least we can reopen and then serve customer customers our food,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is so much to think about, isn't there because i you know I think in Melbourne, you know better than anywhere else in Australia, we understand how high the stakes are, and you know we we know how this can go so can go so wrong, so fast, and we I'm very sure we don't want to be back there. But how how challenging is it to run a COVID-safe restaurant? I guess from the staffing point of view and from the customer point of view to just to communicate all those things to customers.
0: Yeah, like we've got like so we put in uh, we put in place now everything's like in QR code just to limit um the social interaction, social touch like just multi-touch uh, areas like for example like um menus like now we digitize menus making everything online but then customers can see the exact photo what they're going to order the description and everything so that's that's just like a new dining experience for i think for customers right now because every everywhere uh every restaurant is going digital because they're just reducing uh menu uh physical menus to like eliminate like um just transfer of uh germs and everything just to precautions of the COVID uh for uh coronavirus and everything.
1: Yeah. And do you think it's what about customers understanding those kinds of protocols? You know, customers needing to sign in, customers needing to stay seated. Is that was that hard to explain to people?
0: Uh I think this time because the first time that we went from uh lockdown like the first lockdown, like after that we opened a bit. And it was a bit harder that time compared to this time. I think this time customers are more accepting and they know like, okay, this is what uh, restaurants have to do. It's not like we're, like we're forcing them to do it, but they're now just doing it themselves um, automatically. So we don't have to tell them. So it's just much easier for our staff to uh, communicate with customers because they know what's uh, what's on stake, like what's the dangers of this uh, virus and everything so yeah so is this much easier compared to the first time
1: <laughs> that's so good and yeah. um h- how many customers are you able to seat with the restrictions
0: thankfully we can seat inside uh 18 people or 20 actually 20 inside and then uh we can fit 50 outside easily we've got uh where quite grateful that we have a uh, quite a large outdoor space we've got we just got in new umbrellas we've got new tables we've got yeah we've got everything that's new so it just and then uh yesterday our customers are liking it because now they can bring their dogs in
1: <laughs> oh great yeah <laughs> yeah that's so good so uh you've got an Indonesian restaurant um yeah I'd love you to tell me the origins of Yoi. I heard that there was a, a, a particular salted egg yolk sauce that is a big part of your origin story.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. So Yoi started basically um, more than about a uh, more than a year ago. So we started, uh, we opened our Yoi store in August, the August 31st. So it started from like me and my brother. Just like we like to eat Indonesian food. We grew up. Um, we're Australian-born Indonesians. (laughs) Yeah, so, and then we just grew up, like, in Australia since we're young. We went to high school and everything, but we just lacked, like, um, Indonesian foods. Like, even though our family runs... Our family used to run an Indonesian restaurant, but it was just a bit... um, How do I say it? It It's more... Like, Indonesian cuisine is very foreign to many people in Melbourne and Australia. That's why... Our goal was like, I thought, oh, I think I need to showcase Indonesian cuisine in a different way so more people can accept it and try it. Because we, I know that um, when you're trying a new cuisine or something, it, it might be like pretty scary and they don't really want to try something that's too foreign. So that's why I introduced this fusion aspect where I, the Yoi still ha, in, uh, has traditional foods, but like we make it more modernized. We uh, adapt it to like uh, more like what our customers can accept more, like the taste, making it less spicy. Well, because Indonesian food is very spicy, even though most of our food is spicy, but we just tone down in a bit, just make it so uh, more people can accept it and try it.
1: So do you find that that you get a lot of Indonesian customers or is it mostly um, people who don't have that background or heritage? Um,
0: We get a lot of Indonesian. Most of like about 60% of our customers is Indonesian. Well, this is when pre-COVID when there were still students around because in Melbourne CBD, there's many international students, like Indonesians, there's a lot. So we get a lot of uh, students who come and visit who just miss their home food. Um, Then we get like those... Officers who just want to try new things, like new Indonesian, uh, new cuisines, and then, so yeah, we still attract um, Indonesians because we still got those traditional aspects. Like, for example, one menu is the beef rendang. It's like uh, a beef curry where we like we get the raw ingredients from Indonesia to keep that authenticity taste, because we can't just get that. Yeah, so we have to. We used to um, suitcase it from Indonesia because my parents used to go back and forth from Indonesia to um, uh, Indonesia to Melbourne a lot. So we used to vacuum pack it and we declare it and we import it ourselves in f- to produce it in Yoi.
1: <laughs> <gasps> that's great. So it's, that's the spices and uh, what else do you know? Yeah, the coconut.
0: It's just like spices, like candlenut those things that the traditional ingredients like ingredients like uh, shallots taste different here compared to indonesia so sometimes we need like those raw dry ingredients from indonesia to uh, to produce the same taste and as indonesia as the one serves in indonesia
1: Yeah. Wow. You're making me pretty hungry. I I think, you know, what you say about Indonesian food, it's so true. It's it's not very well understood in Australia, which I think is crazy because Indonesia is our closest neighbour. There are so many Indonesians here. As you say, there are always or, you know, until now, you know, always students coming, um, hopefully, you know, students will come again soon. Um, but it, I think during lockdown, you know, one thing that I noticed and really enjoyed was a fact, you know, I guess born out of necessity, a lot of Indonesian cooks uh, who'd lost their jobs started doing little side hustles and creating Indonesian regional cuisine and just selling it off their Instagram. And you know, I loved I love that sort of stuff. I mean, especially now as we can't travel, I think traveling through food is just you know we're going to have to do a lot of that, and I, it's fine with me because I love it. But I, I think there is there's so much that um the broader Australian community can learn and enjoy about Indonesian food. it's so it's so rich and so varied, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. it's like very like tasteful um, it's very. It's quite complex, the, um, the cuisine, like with all the ingredients. It's very similar to like Thai cuisine. Like Thai is more, I think, more recognized in Melbourne compared to Indonesia. Well, that's what uh, Yo is all about. Just highlighting Indonesian cuisine in a different way to help um, the community try. Okay, this is what Indonesian cuisine is all about um and then just highlighting using other menus like the salted egg chicken which is like it was like a street food in indonesia it's not traditional but it's like more like a modern take of indonesian food where um there was a hype in southeast asia where everyone's just making like salted egg dishes so that went to indonesia also so that's what i that that was the main dish that made me want to open a restaurant because there weren't that many like uh there wasn't a dish like that in Melbourne. So that's why I thought would we'll do uh would we'll do well and then that's why I thought, Oh, okay, I think I should make an Indonesian restaurant to highlight the food and the culture and everything.
1: Okay. So was it you and your brother just like obsessively doing stuff with salted egg at home?
0: Yeah, like oh, basically we started from Indo-Me. Have you, if you, like you've tried it? Yeah, like the instant noodle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we grew up with eating that, and then we love it so much that we're like, oh, like what if like indo has like a very like like the image of indo is just instant noodles. However, like I want to take it to another level, making my own sauces, but using the same Indo-Me, like just highlighting. Oh yeah, like just. Um, highlighting my youth and like what I grew up with, like eating instant noodles, but like I'll modern, uh, I modernized uh, modern, it, uh, changed it up to like create our own sauces, like the rendang sauce and the salted egg sauce. So it's not like the Indo packet, if you make, if, if you understand. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Like, so
1: it's like a bit elevated. A bit yeah, sort of exactly.
0: Homemade, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, i think that's so
1: cool it's so cool and so exciting and i think you know we're so well placed in melbourne to have food like that you're talking about you know it's based on this rich culture um but you've got all these other influences as well and you know just a bit of geeky obsession with um, something like salted egg yolk or whatever it is yeah
0: basically like yo is my like experimental like restaurant where i just like make okay this is what i like to eat and then this is why i put in the menu because i i like to eat uh this, this this at this time i was like oh i want this kind of dish like for example right now i'm like playing around with burgers <laughs> i don't know why but this is like a new dish that we're trying to produce it's like a like for example like uh trying to combine our most popular dishes in yoi to like a burger so which like we you always all about, like, trying to experiment new things and then trying to figure out, okay, if this will work and this look funny but it will taste good or something like that. So we're very, like, we have, like, even in our restaurant, we have, like, this fun culture, just, like, not mucking around but just having fun, enjoying food, um, meeting friends and just, like, building a community, like, there. Like, I see, like, I'm, like... When we first opened Yoi, I didn't thought that, um, like, because I opened Yoi, like, I gathered, like, it seemed like most of the Indonesian community gathered in Yoi to hang out. So we got, like, like um, Indonesian groups from each university meeting every week in Yoi just to, like, so we see, like, there's a growing community because of Yoi. So that's what I was, like, pretty proud of. and what That's what me and my brothers and my mum saw that, oh, because we opened a restaurant, we actually got people together and became a community, Increase the Indonesian community, make the Indonesian community more stronger so they can know like each other more because they're in a foreign country.
1: That's so beautiful. So so your mum's involved in the restaurant and you said that, you know, your parents had Indonesian restaurants when you were growing up. What was the name of, of the family's restaurant?
0: Ah, so it's still open right now, it's Nalayan. So it's one in Swanson Street and Hawthorne. but currently, um, we don't we don't we don't manage that anymore. So that's why we decided to open another restaurant.
1: <laughs> okay, and what does your mum think about you playing around with these traditional dishes?
0: Um, at first when I said let's open a restaurant, she was like, uh, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> she's like, because she's already went through it for twenty years, and she knows that the the difficulties of running a restaurant, she was like, no, I don't want to be like um involved in any other restaurant anymore. But then me and my brother convinced her after she tried like some of our new dishes, she was like, oh, okay, this is actually very different to normal Indonesian food. And I think because what we felt is that we can't really only attract Indonesians because that's just a small market. We need to attract, we need, we need to, um, highlight Indonesian food to other cultures because Melbourne, especially Melbourne, is a multicultural country, uh, city where there's people from Korea, especially in the CBD. There's so many like people from everywhere in the world. So we just we just thought it was a good idea. Okay, we need to highlight Indonesian cuisine, and this is how we're gonna do it.
1: Um. So. As you mentioned, you're in the CBD and your students have been a big part of your customer base. A a lot of students have gone back to their countries of origin, which is, you know, really sad. And we don't know when um, they're going to come back or when new students are going to come. Also, the CBD, you know, a lot of people are not going to be going back to their city workplaces for a long time. What what do you think is going to be like uh, for the centre of Melbourne?
0: Yeah, that's a bit. That's a good question. Like yesterday, I saw it was quite busy around the city, especially like I saw many of like our hospitality friends. They're like they had many like had long lines in front of their store, which uh, brings us hope. Like we, we also felt like oh yeah, there's so many people coming into the city. Even like the traffic coming into the city when I was about to work, that we can see that um that. More and more people are coming to the city, maybe it's because like they just they've just been in the suburbs for so long, so they just wanna visit the city so <laughs> yes. uh, so that's why I think the city sh- won't be as packed as before, but I think it won't be as bad as what we think it will be without like people without going to work. but I think weekends, I think people will start starting to go to city and then everything, so it should be fine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it's definitely, I think lunches are probably going to still be much quieter because I think even a lot of universities will stick with online learning. But I do feel like Melbourne really wants to be Melbourne again. So I feel like a lot of people will come into the city to eat and to shop and just, you know, to see what's happening. Do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I think like at dinner time there'll be more people coming into the city. That's what we felt yesterday. There was a lot of people coming from suburbs into the city having dinner with because you can dine with uh, ten people, yeah, rather than going to a house, which is what the government says is less safe. I think the restaurant having ten people is just the best place to be, even outdoors. Like during yesterday's weather was just brilliant. Like it was sunny. And then people actually wanted to sit outdoors. They didn't want to sit inside.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was so beautiful yesterday. It was like everything was smiling on Melbourne yesterday. Everything felt very golden. It was, yeah, it was really beautiful. Do, have you thought to like, you know, condense the menu or to do anything differently from in that regard to account for like lower diner numbers or because you're not quite sure, you know, how much to eat? I suppose, invest in, um, you know, the business in these early days?
0: Um, We just try to keep positive. Like, we won't condense anything. We've started hiring. What we're happy is, like, we started hiring more people now and then we just, yeah, we just, especially those international students who don't get the benefits of, like, the... um, their government benefits, like we we're just happy to be able to hire them back. Like even though if it's like a small shift, because they they're basically stranded here if they have to go to uni, and then we just need to help them out. We just yeah, so we, that's what we do. We just hire. Um, we're just happy to be able to hire more people right now, and then we won't we won't be. I don't think we'll be cutting costs now because I think we're pretty positive about the future. Hopefully next year it gets better around March or June when things get lifted off. So what my goal is just to prepare for that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I believe that it will just get back in the, it will just get, Uh, will, like most likely it will be back to normal soon, like next year.
1: <laughs> I love it. So good, Dan. Um, I was chatting to a lot of visa workers today um, as I run a a soup project down at Attica. We've been um, giving people food right through um, the pandemic. And today was such a fantastic day. We still had about 40 people come for food. but. Like, I reckon two thirds of them have got some, some work coming up, you know, if they haven't already started, they, they know that they're getting their job back um, in a week or so. And it was so, it was so positive, like it was so heartening to um, just see the spring in their step. But one thing that I reckon it's, and it's so foreseeable is that there's going to be a real um, shortage of people to fill all the positions um, in restaurants.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because, like, many people, like, left, the, uh, like, the people who, international people left the country. So, yeah, I think there'll be difficulties filling up space, but um, I think more Australians went back to Australia, so I think it should be fine.
1: Do you reckon? Because <laughs> do you get any Australians applying for jobs?
0: Uh, we got a couple, it's just like the, we had a lot of people applying, like, because we started hiring more people. So we started looking for more people, more front of house, more kitchen workers. And then we just had like an influx of, um, uh, CVs that we have, we're still going through slowly to see, okay, which was the best person. Yeah. So, um, I think from what we have, like from the data that we have, I think there's a lot of. Uh, people that's looking for work and I think I think jobs sh- should be maybe a bit shortage but it should be fine
1: okay well I think we'll see how it shakes down I know that in, in Sydney and you know at least in the sort of I guess it's people are really finding it hard to get enough staff
0: yeah maybe like specific um skills like maybe in the banking industry or like Specific like maybe for FMB it'll be like baristas or specific skills that's needed. Maybe it'll be harder to find because there's just less um people. But um for like front of house for cashiers we can easily train staff so they can easily work. Yeah.
1: Great. All right. Well, um, I'm so happy to chat to you and to hear that you're so optimistic and positive about the weeks and months to come, Dayon. Um, when I come to Yoi, what am I going to have? What are you going to steer me towards on the menu? Oh,
0: uh, well known for the salted egg, salted egg chicken with rice. And then everyone orders the... I'm definitely
1: getting that. Right yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely. And then you everyone orders the matabak, which is like the thick pancake with a lot of feeling in the middle.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> getting that. Yeah,
0: for dessert. <laughs>
1: What's like one of the more, I guess, um, typically Indonesian dishes that that um, that a white girl like me wouldn't usually order? You know, what what are you gonna, st- what what kind of adventure can you take me on?
0: You can try the soto batawi, which is like it comes from uh, it's like like a Javanese dish, which is a soup with um beef, uh, beef brisket so it's like marinated with like this sweet sauce with rice and then a soup and then like crackers so it's just like different textures different like there's many ingredients that's involved and it's yeah it's quite popular at Yoi for um Indonesians
1: okay I'm definitely getting all of those things and um, whatever else you put in front of me just light it up I'm gonna <laughs> eat it um Dion. <laughs> Thank you so much. Congratulations on reopening. Congratulations on being one of the thousands of hospitality operators bringing life back to our city. We love you. Thank you for getting us through the lockdown, and just yeah, wish you all the success and be as busy as uh, the government lets us be as um, we work our way out of this situation. But yeah, congratulations and and all the best.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me today.
1: That's lovely to have a chat. Thanks, Dion. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We wanna hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at linen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production.